Introducing your hosts, with wit beyond measure, Michael, loyal and just, Haley, ambitious and cunning, Shelby, daring and chivalrous, Savannah. Welcome to... Hold My Butterbeer, a podcast about all things Wizarding World canon. Tonight, we are discussing dark magic, all things ooky, all things spooky. Last year, our ooky spooky episode devolved into just ghost talk, so we'll see where we end up. But we're going to follow the Elder Wand and talk about the dark arts and all kinds of fun stuff. And as usual, Michael did our amazing notes. Everything looks so good. I'm so excited. I'm really excited, too. Um, Dark magic is so interesting because there's so much, I think, moral ambiguity to a lot of it. And I really want to like kind of touch on that as we move through the notes and um, discuss this stuff because I just I love talking about it. I think it's super interesting. I'm really excited for tonight. So we yeah. So tonight's all about dark magic. It's also referred to the dark arts, like you just said, Savannah. But that's mostly by people who practice the dark <gasps> arts. It's called so, out. <laughs> it's scandal. So, scandal. <laughs> If that's your go-to, I'm a little concerned that you would call them the dark arts rather than dark magic. Because that seems to be like people like Snape call them the dark arts, uh, where other people refer to it as dark magic. See, I feel like I didn't catch that. And maybe that's just because like when we read it, it was referred to as both. So I've I've referred to it as both and I've never thought about it. But now I'm going to be super conscious of it. (laughs) You know, that's what a criminal would say. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Who, me? Me? <laughs> so what seems to define dark magic is any type of magic that can cause harm, exert control, or kill other people. Those are kind of like the three top characteristics. So super that cash, is super cash. Yeah. yeah. So that can be spells, potions, um, the creation or use of dark items, and then the breeding or controlling of dark creatures. All of that is considered dark magic. Interesting. With dark magic, uh, the magic that tends to go beyond the limits of what nature should allow tends to harm or warp the caster in some way. So it's kind of like sacrifices have to be made. So the easiest example of that would be the Horcruxes, which are supposed to be the ultimate darkest, most evil, evil, evil dark magic, which obviously like tears your soul into pieces. And it seems we're, we're going to go through a lot of dark wizards uh, through this. And several of them seem to have like either gone insane or they've like alterations have been made to them i mean we see with voldemort he becomes a uh, snake like and loses his nose and all that stuff from all the dark stuff that he's doing i have to say losing your nose is probably the like least casualty <laughs> that i'm concerned about of all the things that he could have lost a nose doesn't really seem like enough just me i mean maybe that's intentional because like he just like sort of becomes snake like and i think he like that aesthetic. So that's what I mean. Like, was that really a casualty? Like, was that really, was he bummed out that he lost his nose or was that no. on purpose? Was that for aesthetics? Was it like cosmetic surgery? Yeah, like cosmetic dark magic? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess we never found out. Well, didn't, didn't, uh, when he went and visited Dumbledore to get that job, like, it was said, like, his features were changed due to all the dark magic he's practicing. Yeah. It wasn't quite as far, I think, as when after he came out of the cauldron, which was yeah. also dark magic. Um, I think he was even more scary after that. But I think, yeah, it described his I features mean, as being was... burned. No, Michael, he was way shiny. more scary. He was way more scary going into the cauldron. Like, let's oh, not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as a devil baby. (laughs) That was way more frightening. 
absolutely terrifying. So that was super dark magic. All the things uh, like milking Nagini that we talked about. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to go into that again. The darkest of magic, milking. The darkest of magic is milking. Snake magic. Dark magic does tend to, it could damage the body. It could also damage the mind and the soul. So I think that's probably why a lot of people don't use dark spells is because um, it's just like the potential to cause harm to yourself. But dark wizards are like Voldemort are like, well, I've pushed the boundaries farther than anyone else has dared to. And usually there's a reason why people haven't done that because it's like super terrible. And- yeah, because it's a bad time like why are you bragging (laughs) so my first kind of question about the dark magic is um so when in the memory uh in snape's memory when dumbledore is telling snape that he's going to have to kill him rather than draco killing him because and dumbledore says uh we can't do that kind of damage to that boy's soul, meaning Draco. And then Snape says, what about my soul and killing you? And Dumbledore's like, well, I mean, you're kind of putting an old man out of his misery. So is that really so awful? So Dumbledore is basically saying, yes, use the most evil, terrible curse of Kedavra on me. But don't worry about it because nothing's really going to happen to you because you're doing in me a mercy. So- I always, always <laughs> like read that as like, Snape, you've, you've done enough bad stuff. It's like, eh. That's how I read it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how I read it. It was like, hmm, there's really no coming back for you. So like, let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, you, you've already done a lot of dark stuff in your past. So like, yeah, killing an old man. It's a mercy kill at this point. And I don't know if Dumbledore was also like, well, we know how it's going to shake down for you. So like, it's fine. You don't have much long left anyways. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, maybe Dumbledore was playing an extra long game there. And he um, knew that, that Voldemort would never let him out of his service alive. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, Draco is such a complex character because, I mean, even though he was, like, told to do all these things, like, he couldn't, like, really do them because he was, I don't know, I guess we'll go into Draco, but, like, he had, like, like, a moral compass. Like, he couldn't, like, easily do these, like, terrible things and, like, killing Dumbledore. He couldn't really. I mean, he made attempts, but they weren't that good. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think Dumbledore really was, like, trying to to protect it and like protect his heart and everything. Dumbledore cares more about the kiddos than anybody else. So like, he's like, everybody else is fine. Snape, you'll be fine, but we can't do that to that poor kid. Um, so dark magic usually also have requires some kind of intent behind it. So we see that with the unforgivable curses, you can't just say the words and point your wand and have the thing happen. Um, so that goes back to our spells episode where we really talked a lot about the intention behind the spell almost being more essential than the words themselves. And that seems to be the case maybe with dark magic also. Yeah, I feel that's the strongest I feel about it anywhere is with dark magic. Yeah, it's like that you have to have the the full intent behind it to make it do anything. And since it also really goes against nature in a lot of cases, it's really difficult to control. So we see that with fiend fire, which is considered a dark spell. And so it really can really just take on a life of its own. So wizards and witches can kind of release these forces that I guess are just at bay all the time and then they kind of open the door and come out and so like with fiendfire it can just spread and spread and spread until it's got nothing left to burn so another reason why people don't really use them very, very often like even hermione like she could have destroyed all the horcruxes with it but she was too afraid to because she didn't know how to control it well she didn't know that she could just put her wand in the ground and everyone could just get in a circle and it would be fine so yeah just protego circle <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'll never not be mad about it. Because <laughs> I don't, I think in Grand Grindelwald, 
I don't think that was officially fiend fire, although it behaved exactly like it. I think <laughs> no, it was like dragon fiend fire, but like yeah, still it was it's like special new. Exactly. Is this cursed child y'all are talking about? No, no Crimes of Grindelwald, where the where, snake, no. the fire dragon came out, and then they the all just put their wands in the ground. Fiend. And oh, gosh, I've lost so much memory from that movie, just <laughs> barely paying attention. <laughs> and I've, I've seen it twice, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> and never again. <laughs> Sorry out there to everyone who loved that movie. <laughs> we love Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Harry Potter Rose podcast. <laughs> Is this a Grindelwald roast podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to talk about Grindelwald. I so think I would sooner like rewatch the making of documentary. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Because the costumes like, were great. It was gorgeous. Like, yeah, the costumes are great. The props were amazing. The sets were beautiful. I loved all of that. It was just the story that got me. <laughs> we do have Grindelwald later, so we can we can save some of our gripes oh, to talk about him. Oh, good. Good. <clears throat> Thank you, so, as we continue our summary of kind of understanding what dark magic is as compared to other kinds of magic. So um, wounds caused by dark magic are much more difficult to heal and perhaps impossible. So uh, George's ear was hexed off with a dark spell and so it cannot be healed. And then like most of Moody's body has all been hexed off by different people. So um, you can't regrow something with Skelligro when it's been hexed off. I still have strong feelings about how just because you got it hexed off doesn't mean it's not better because a lot of them got like way cooler like moody's eyeball what mm-hmm. that's such an improvement yeah. so Upgrade. yeah probably bring up um kettleburn uh professor yes. kettleburn but his, oh i think his God. limbs were bitten off by monsters yes. so yeah. maybe i don't know if it was dragons or other dark creatures that that bit off his limbs perhaps making them impossible to grow back maybe that was the issue he had a lot of wooden bits which i you have magic so why I think there was a comment that he like didn't want to, he wasn't bothered because he kept having to replace them, but I don't remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dark magic can also be ancestral, so it can be passed down through generations. So um, we were introduced to the concept of a blood malediction in Crimes of Grindelwald, and then um, blood curses were introduced in a cursed child. And so that was um, Astoria Greengrass died of a blood curse that wasn't really fleshed out fully in the show um is kind of left vague but that's how she died so though yeah those two were kind of introduced more recently which i'm honestly yeah. not crazy about the concept of a blood it's curse kind of, yeah it's like okay so you're born with this and there's nothing you can do about it like you're going to die like you were born is, to die is this the equivalent of wizard cancer do we think mm. maybe yeah like a biological predisposition to something. Yeah. But you're not guaranteed to get something that you're genetically capable of getting. Correct. It's like you, have, you have the predisposition, but it's not necessarily a guarantee where something like a blood curse or a blood malediction seems to be. Right. Yeah, uh, that's true. But some of them you aren't born with and you just like get along the way as well. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's the wizarding trying to be the wizarding equivalent to like cancers and that kind of thing yeah that makes sense and so another thing that i'd love to hear y'all's thoughts about dark magic is it's really not expressly forbidden in the wizarding society it's kind of like this policy where learn all you want but don't hurt anybody so like nocturne alley is is there like nocturne alley is open for business 24 7 Durmstrang teaches the dark arts openly horrors are allowed to use dark spells to capture criminals and dementors guard their jail so there's dark magic all over the place so what do we think about that for wizarding society i think with nocturne alley especially it's like a regulation thing 
like they know that there's going to be like under the table dealings. They know that people are going to sell cursed objects. So it's kind of like rather put it somewhere where you know what's going to happen than like happening in like people's basements or something. Maybe that's how the ministry like regulates it. That's a really good way to put it. I wouldn't have thought of that. I don't have like strong feelings against it as much as like to Haley's point, like they're going to do it anyway. I don't know if it's also a a timeline thing because I don't know if it'd be more frowned upon now than it was in the 90s. The way that like it was under the table, like, you know, no one really talked about it. It it happened, but like you didn't really pay attention to it. But I don't know that that would fly now. Saying, oh, well, it's, you know, that's how my family's done things forever really isn't uh, (laughs) isn't allowed anymore. Mm -hmm. And also too, like when the world became darker like when Voldemort was in power and everything there was more like Diagon Alley didn't exist that was like only dealings and like cursed objects and stuff it's kind of like when there's happy times and like they have it under regulation it's like contained like one corner of Diagon Alley but then of course like when the world became bad it like happened everywhere maybe it just shows a little bit like the the government yeah Yeah. (laughs) how the government was it's like when it was like happier normal times like there was criminal activity but it wasn't like out of control and then you know and it got crazy the fact that it's not illegal is like where i'm (laughs) like to michael's point there's no there's no reason to say that it's not allowed it just feel i don't know that to me feels kind of wild yeah because the only exceptions are the unforgivable curses which is auto do not pass go straight to jail forever and so other than that i mean we see people get fined or hagrid get sent to azkaban when he was accused of being opening the chamber of secrets he got sent there for a little bit so like you can serve a sentence and then be released so it's not just unforgivable curse people who are in there we don't really see like oh you cast sectum centra on somebody so straight to azkaban but i don't know i mean we we see the example of um uh gaunt what's his name um morphin gaunt yeah um he did something to i did he He hex the the um muggle kids or something yeah was it specific it was like someone in oh he has has tom riddle senior and same with uh, dumbledore's dad like he messed with some muggle kids well he he like really he really messed up some muggle kids yeah yeah exactly so like yes yeah okay so so then it really comes back to is this impacting the statute of secrecy because with tom riddle and with the muggle kids those were like muggles and wizards whole deal is Mm -hmm. we have to stay secret and that's like their biggest rule yeah, so the crime and punishment really seems to be more related to the statute of secrecy, people using spells to hurt other people, like other wizards, maybe. I also think that it comes down to who is the one that got called to like deal with you. True. I'm sure pure and, blood privilege comes in there a lot, too. Yes, yes. Like, depending on who it was that was on duty, that the aura that like had to come and deal with whatever it was, it's like a, oh, I know that the Malfoys have been here forever, so don't worry about it. Just don't do it again. Like, I, how much of it is that, too? Yeah, and with the Malfoys, like, they were the ones that got raided because they were tipped off by Arthur. So, like, it's obvious they have a lot of dark materials in their home under their floorboard or wherever it was, their <laughs> trap door. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, Mr. Malfoy was going to sell it to Borgen and Burke. So it's kind of like, does the ministry not trace where Borgen and Burke gets these seriously dark materials? Like, <laughs> do they just let Borgen and Burke like, do all these purchasing of dark materials and not be like, well, where did you get that from? Like, obviously, that's illegal. <laughs> Well, also, yeah. where'd you get it from and what are you going to do with it? Like, you can't resell it. Well, yeah, they have like that necklace that would curse the person whoever touched. And then lo and behold, it was active. I mean, was Borgen and Burke's like grandfathered into some weird deal? Because this now that I'm actually thinking about this, not great. This is not great. <laughs> 
it's not great (laughs) (laughs) i've never put thought into it but like (laughs) you would think this would be like a black market situation yeah it is Um, a black market for sure but it's out in the open like anybody can go down nocturne alley and go to borgenberg and they advertise discretion like in all of their advertisements it says discretion guaranteed because they're selling like super dark stuff like yes slytherin's locket passed through their shop like they got all borgenberg needs to be raided what's happening that's what i'm saying like they obviously don't keep any books like they're not keeping a log (laughs) of where the stuff comes from these back out transactions how is this business and business (laughs) yeah like that's another point to be like well the ministry obviously knows stuff is happening down there maybe they just let them go like it's like okay don't cause any trouble and we won't do anything mm-hmm. until they cause trouble and they'll start raiding people yeah people can just say they have like like an academic interest in it like yeah. like the woman oh, with the, the tray of fingernails yeah, or whatever. yeah. she's like oh shit. no it's just academic i'm just researching <laughs> i just really want to see these <laughs> human fingernails <laughs> i need these human fingernails for no reason oh no I'm trying to think of a way to say, like, that, like, things will, like, go in and out of fashion. You know how that happens in the mm-hmm. real world where a yeah, thing yeah. might be, like, legal now, but it wasn't legal 10 years ago. And then in uh, time, oh. like, 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 I wonder if there's, what, what is it? Ex post facto, like, a law, like, you can commit the crime before it's a law. And then after it becomes a law, you can't commit that crime anymore. <laughs> the retroactive effect or force. So, yeah, I think that's, like, a legal term. Um, laws cannot apply to people operating before new law was passed. So, so was um, Borgen and Burke's grandfathered in? Yeah, maybe. Um, like maybe their license or whatever they have to operate um, came into effect at a time before the ministry deemed it dangerous. And so maybe Borgen and Burke's is just like this unfortunate blight on, <laughs> <laughs> on Tygon Alley that they can't get rid of. Or maybe like they're so well connected with all of, like the yeah. pure blood families that yeah. people are afraid to shut them down because they're like, well, maybe we do yeah. keep books and maybe we are going to reveal Cornelius Fudge's purchase exactly. history. <laughs> they got the dirt on everyone. That's I what it that's is. That's more likely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. I, I can't see them not keeping like a receipt book of everything. I feel like for yeah. legal reasons, you would have to. And also maybe at some point there was, I don't know, some sort of like consumer or like buyer confidentiality agreement or something that like wizards decided like, yep, yeah, like, this needs to be part of our law because we want <laughs> to be able to buy human fingernails and not be questioned <laughs> later about it. Like I, I need I, these. I, 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 I buy I all of this. I definitely buy that it's like the purebloods have been the ones with the artifacts handed down from generations, generation, generations, but they're weird fingernails or whatever it is. And like they're the ones that would be on the book. So they're not gonna like challenge Borgen and Burks. It's been around too long. It's an institution in dark magic. You don't shop anywhere else if you're getting your fingernails. You only go to Borgen and Burks. <laughs> I also feel like Borgen and Burks deals in a lot of secrets and they know way too much. So it's easier yeah. to like keep them around to be like, yeah, let's like see if they're willing to tell us anything today. Um Ooh, with like the yeah. right kind of pressure depending on what it is. So it might be easier for the ministry to just let them do whatever they want to do. So that when they do need 
information on the purebloods, like doing some dark shit, they can be like, hey, remember that time that we let this slide? What do you know about this? That, it definitely feels like every cop sense. show where they're yes. like, like the oars come into Borgen and Burks and like, hey, so what do you know about this necklace? And Borgen's like, come back with a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wizarding warrant. And they're wizarding like, oh, warrant. trust me, we will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the cop show I've always dreamed of. Exactly. Uh, My question here is, so now that we kind of reviewed what dark magic or the dark arts are, do we think the dark arts are evil? Depends on which one you're talking about. Right. I would say no. Like from as a general like blanket answer, no. It depends on like what it is. So so what would it depend on? So I think that because even some of the creatures that that are technically dark, Mm -hmm. like it's not their, I, and I want to say like, it's not the creature's fault. Like Dementors didn't mm-hmm. ask to be here. <laughs> like they, they didn't want to be here. Uh, we pulled them from misery, I guess. And so I think that some of it really depends on what you're using it for, what like that kind that whole kind of thing, what your intention is, like what the intentions are for it. Because I do believe that some people do just do research and want to know things. So in that aspect where I'm just researching as as an excuse could be plausible because I think that Dumbledore studied a lot of dark magic, not with the intent to use it, but to understand it. And I think that people like Voldemort who ripped his soul into a gajillion pieces, like that shit's evil. But I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of different variations. I think it depends on like harm to others yeah. or to yourself, but like like your, your t- intent of malice is what would make it like bad dark magic. So that's kind of our summary of dark magic. And so now uh, I've created a timeline of dark wizardry. (laughs) And I'm really excited about it um, because there are some characters in here. Um, There are some that are like tried and true villains uh, from the books we've definitely heard of before, but some of them um, we're pulling from all kinds of levels of canon here. And so I'm really excited. So um, we're going to talk about who they are, kind of what their dates are, and I put them like as in order as I can imagine them to be and then kind of where the canon is so that you can know what we're pulling from. So the first wizard where and most of them are wizards. There are some witches that snuck in here, but for the most part, they are wizards. Can I tell uh, you why I feel that way, Michael? Yes, please. So I have strong feelings about how witches are not like usually found as dark witches because they just do a better job at hiding it. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my strong feelings because I think Shelby, you and I have probably had this conversation before where we had said like, there's no dark witches. Like there's only a couple. And I just think that they are better at flying under the radar. Yeah. I think the, um, so for all of these wizards, um, I have, I've kind of made notes on their claim to fame. So why they are remembered in history and all of them are pretty like, I did this crazy thing. Um, (laughs) no one else (laughs) has done before. And so I completely agree that the witches would just be like, Hey, we're doing all kinds of dark stuff over here but uh we're we're real sneaky about it because we don't want to get caught so the first one we're going to talk about is herpo the fowl he was in ancient greece and he was a famous frog card so from the early video games um are is where we know about him um so his claim to fame is that he created the first known basilisk whoa yeah as well as the first horcrux um, wow. In addition to being born a parcel mouth. So he's the first known parcel mouth. So he's got um, that whole snake thing going a, on too. He was a bad dude. 
Yeah. He caused a lot of future problems in the Harry Potter series. Could trace a lot of stuff back to him. And it hasn't actually been confirmed if uh, we assume that he made one Horcrux because nobody went further than like Voldemort was the one who went further. So it's never actually been confirmed if his Horcrux was destroyed. So it is possible that he is still wandering around somewhere as like this husk of a form. (laughs) Oh, no. It's technically possible if he never if his Horcrux was never destroyed. Wow. Then the irony, yeah, he's got a lot of parallels to Voldemort, like being a parcel mouth and the whole basilisk thing. Um, And the irony of kind of his claim to fame is that basilisk venom, which he created, is one of the things that could destroy the Horcrux, which he also created. He made his own anecdote. That's funny. So with him him playing around with a lot of basilisks, maybe his Horcrux did get destroyed. (laughs) Maybe that's how they found out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe (laughs) that's how that's connected. Oh, how interesting. That's really interesting. I wonder if he's also where Salazar Slytherin came from, because obviously they're all related. So I imagine that he's probably that ancestor. Probably his uncle or something. Uncle Herpo. (laughs) My favorite favorite (laughs) uncle. (laughs) The foul. (laughs) Don't don't go to his house. He's a real creepy. (laughs) Yeah, parcel tongue seems to be an inherited magical ability. So that would make a lot of sense that Salazar would be related to Herpo in some way. So the next one we're going to talk about is one of my favorites, and that is Rexidian. And um, I love that name, Rexidian. And um, so he's from Wonder Book of Spells, which I've talked about many times on the show, so I won't go into all that again. Um, so his he was in ancient times, um, and his claim to fame was that, um, so he lived with a colony of Dementors in a black castle in a dense forest. Ugh. And he one day he was walking in the woods and ran into this girl, um, Eliana, who is very beautiful. And he fell in love with her and wanted to marry her, but her parents refused. So then he used his army of Dementors to attack the town because that's how you deal with Romance. situations like with that, rejection. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so toxic masculinity here. And so then the whole town tried to fight back with Patronus tribes, where they were all really weak, except for this one boy who Ilias, who had a mouse Patronus, but was actually so strong because of his love, his uh, Ilias's love for Eliana that he was able to repel the Dementors and defeated them with his tiny mouse Patronus which everyone underestimated. This is the sweetest story Um, I've ever heard. But then it gets even better because then Raxidian tried to use the Patronus charm himself but instead of summoning um, a Patronus it actually summoned a swarm of maggots that devoured him. (gasps) Wait, I knew this one! What? (laughs) Ew! What a way to go! I know, right? So that's where it's establishing that um, only good-hearted people can summon Patronus charms. And if a a bad person, someone with with bad heart, uh, tries to summon it, it summons maggots and it devours you. We've talked Um, about this. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, when you do the Pottermore Patronus quiz, I don't think that's an option. What if you got that? Oh my gosh. That That would be lit. Turns out. Want to know Surprise. how to find out if you're a dark wizard? Surprise! <laughs> you're like seven. <laughs> Mom, I'm going to do the Patronus quiz. Okay, have fun. <laughs> nope, you're a terrible person. I love yeah, this. Hilarious. So that's what happened to Raxidian. Um, he got devoured by maggots. Um, I don't like so- him. <laughs> we don't approve. No, no. he's canceled. He's out. <laughs> 
I'm going back to liking Herpo the Fowl. <laughs> Herpo is superior to Maggot Boy. <laughs> you guys were right. Raxidian's a cool name. Herpo is definitely superior. He's winning. He's in the lead so far. <laughs> we should definitely decide who is our favorite dark wizard by the end of this list. Oh, yes. It's not Rexidian. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one on the list is Melvin the Malicious. Oh, yes. He was Loves around the alliteration. in the Middle Ages, and he was a famous frog card from the early video games. Um, so his claim to fame is he was the inventor of many unpleasant jinxes and hexes. Oh, Stan. Yes. I love him. Yeah. We're busy and vexed and we need some hexes. I, I am very vexed. <laughs> I need to be I need some hexes like and fast. So what do we think some of them might be? Like can we guess? Oh, he's our, fully our bat bogey head. Oh, jelly like, legs. Yeah. Telegra. Yeah. All, all the all the classics. Pumpkin head. The classics. <laughs> The ones that make you throw antlers. Yeah. yeah. All the good ones. I don't know. I just have a good feeling about him. His or name's her. Melvin, is it? Melvin. He's a dude. Yeah. Melvin. Melvin. So, like, he really, he came up with the good ones. We're giving oh, him Mel. the credit. Yeah. Good old Melvin. Where does he Go come off, from? Melvin. He was a famous frog card from the early video games. Oh. Yeah. Is he dark or is he just fun? <laughs> I mean, his name is Melvin the Malicious. It's so Malicious fun. leads you to believe but that, like, marketing. I mean, true. That's true. You know what? Maybe it is good marketing again. You're right. You're right. He knew his audience. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I would have. He probably went for Marvin the Marvelous, and then they were like, "No, we don't like you anymore." So then they gave Marvin him Malicious. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we looking up. Him. Looking up malicious, um, characterized by malice, intending or intended to do harm. So, <laughs> but in a fun way, not in a mean way. He would never. I mean, they are described as unpleasant rather than lethal. Yeah. So it might just be like like you get itchy or something. God, I hate being itchy. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. Nasty. For your tap dance. Yeah. So yeah, he's he was he was pretty good. We're, we're grateful for her his contributions. He might um, be my favorite. We'll see. So next is going to be the warlock, and so this isn't technically like a character. Um, so this would be the warlock from the warlock's hairy heart mm. uh, and tales of Beat of the Bard. So it's kind of like he could be based on somebody in canon, but he's so like um, King Arthur in the real world. It might have yeah. been based off of somebody real, or it's just completely fictitious. But it's definitely exactly. not totally one or the other because a lot of Beatles tales are like supposed to be allegories so the well, thing the that he did were real so right mm-hmm. so maybe the warlock was real too so what he did was he used dark magic to separate his heart from his body so that he could be free and independent from love forever because he saw his friends falling in love and going goo goo gaga and um he's like Mm-mm. so he locked his heart away but in the meantime it became bestial and grew a bunch of hair so when he found love or he was gonna marry this pretty chick and she's like no i'm not gonna marry you because you don't have a heart and he's like surprise here i do and he tried to put it back in and he became a monster and killed her (laughs) and then himself cute romance again yeah this also feels like some toxic masculinity i can't handle having love so i have to just rip it out of my chest yeah people are too gross right now yeah so i'm gonna take my heart out like get over it (laughs) we don't like him it's not a good look not a good look many problems messy messy he does look amazing in the uh british illustrated tales of beetle the bard his outfit is really really cool it's got like black skulls all over it um 
I like his vibe. That's an aesthetic I can get into. Yeah, he's he's very stylish, but I'm not crazy about the way he goes about doing things. Listen, he's really stylish because he had like a lot of energy to put into his style because he was didn't have a heart and didn't have to worry about literally anything else. Oh, yeah. Mood. We should learn from him. I'd have a lot more energy <laughs> if I didn't have to worry about like love and like feelings and like, you know, being a, like a, a good human being. Yeah, yeah. I would. I wouldn't have to like, worry about a lot of things if I could just do that. So thanks. <laughs> But it's messy. But it's messy in the end. <laughs> we don't want to go that route. It didn't turn out cute. <laughs> he, he really, he really botched it at the end. So I guess it's yeah. Not at the great, end, but... he lost us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you. I was really with you there. And then... <laughs> We're all yeah, rooting had, for you. <laughs> he was really set up. He had like a castle. He had like he was really rich. I mean, he really made himself out to be like this really cool person. And the last thing he needed was a wife to like secure his reputation. But that didn't go well. Mm, yeah, he yeah. should have done a different deal. That was not a good one. Not a good deal. Not a good dark deal. <laughs> <laughs> we just want cute jinxes and hexes. That's yeah, let's go back to Melvin. Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want any really dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this one seems messy. Melvin was having fun. Melvin was just having a good time. <laughs> So next on the list is going to be Emmerich the Evil. Oh, I love love this name. name. I know, this is a good one. Good alliterative name. And so this is going to be our first stop on the trail of the Elder Wand. Yay! Tracing the Elder Wand through history. Um, So his claim to fame is that he held the Elder Wand. um, He's in the Middle Ages, by the way. Um, So his claim to fame is he held the Elder Wand um, for some time and used it to terrorize the south of England. He was slaughtered in a duel with Egbert the Egregious. You know what? Here's the deal. If you're going to lose to Egbert, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. That's your fault. Why did you do that? Egbert the Egregious. Emmerich the Evil lost to Egbert the Egregious. No. Incorrect. That's an ease. Yeah. There's too many E's here. It's a lot. Egbert probably really wanted to be Egbert the Evil, but Evil was already taken. He was like, oh, I have to kill that guy so I can get that name. Otherwise, people will think we're brothers. God. <laughs> so good. So we've got Imric. Um, So we're going to be traveling uh, through history and following uh, the passage of the Elder Wand. Um, but next is going to be Salazar Slytherin. And um, we can put his date somewhere around... The, the wiki was putting him at 993. But that's because Hogwarts... It says in Chamber of Secrets that Hogwarts was founded a thousand years ago. And so that was in 9293. So I don't know if those dates are perfect, but... Anyway, somewhere around the year 1000. So obviously he was the co-founder of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Um, he was a pure blood supremacist. So there you go. Um, and a parcel mouth. It all comes back to snake shit. <laughs> so I like, I did enjoy um, the Pottermore article where it was talking about the Chamber of Secrets and kind of like why it existed. Because in the book, it really made it sound like he made the Chamber of Secrets to house the Basilisk. But really, it was a secret classroom so that he could teach his house pupils um, dark magic down there without the other founders knowing. So that was the original intention for the Chamber of Secrets. Which so sketchy. Yeah, like, if you have to build a separate little secret chamber to do something, don't you think you shouldn't be doing it? It's nasty. Just Maybe that's thought. part of the appeal. 
Yeah, that's true. For sure, that's he true. thinks he's doing like the good work in his. He's doing mind, the Lord's he's, work. He's evil and <laughs> the twisted. The Dark Lord's work. The Dark, dark Lord's, Lord's work. work. Oh, way back in the day, Dark Lord. <laughs> Before <laughs> the Dark Lord. <laughs> I find like and and talking about all these dark wizards and a lot of them are pure blood supremacists. So kind of it explains that some not that it's justifiable, but that kind of the where the pure blood supremacy comes from was all of the wizard persecution so it was like muggles are out to get us like so that's it's kind of explained that that's why salazar didn't trust Muggleborns because it's like y'all are from muggles muggles are killing wizards left and right and we need to not hang out with y'all and then that kind of turned into wizards are superior to muggles so we need to have them below us and have like that power differential so it seems like some pure blood supremacists are like i don't like muggles because y'all persecuted us and then some are we are better than muggles and we need to put you below us and have this power structure. I get all that. And I get that in 1000 year 1000 that like they weren't super concerned about genetics and and incest, but like how many cousins can you marry? Like you got (laughs) to get some new blood in here. I'm sorry. After a thousand years. Oh, I just, can we not? Yeah, no, it's still, it's yucko. It's a big yucko for me. So obviously, we all know the story of uh, uh, Slytherin left Hogwarts after an argument with Godric Gryffindor, who was a a pro-Muggleborn champion, the matter of teaching Muggleborns, and then left behind a basilisk, you know, because Herpo did it, so why not me, to set loose on the school, um, on Muggleborns in his absence. So... I've always been kind of interested in this move because it's like, okay, so I'm going to leave this snake here and I'm going to tell my heirs about it. So at some point, Salazar got a wife and had kids because he, he had offspring. So was it cunning or was it cowardly? To be like, okay, I'm going to leave the school. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. But one of my one of my heirs is going to have to deal with this at some point. It's not going to be me. He was mad at Gryffindor and all the rest because they like pretty much bolted him out. So it was like more of a vengeance move, in my opinion. The snake will get them. Here's this legacy snake. Have fun, assholes. Like after I'm <laughs> dead, basically. Like good luck. Like yeah. just it's yeah. like it's like a shitty parting gift is yeah. all that I've ever taken it as. I feel like it was a, I can't do anything now because they know that I want to. And so I'm going to leave this here so that Mm. once they're all dead, that my heirs can deal with this because they're going to continue the fight that I couldn't like complete is kind of how I took it. Like the fight will never be over. Yeah. Like we're all dead. (laughs) They're going to think that me dying was the end of this and like it's coming back. (laughs) So that makes it sound more cunning is that I'm I'm playing a very long game here. I don't want to give him that kind of credit. Let's <laughs> let's not. But that's how it feels to me is okay. that it was much more of a long game situation. It's uh, also possible that he was just like embracing his snaky name. Like Herpo did it. Herp is like herpetology. That's like the study uh, of snakes. And then you've got like uh, Slytherin man that. that you're like, okay, my name has Slytherin in it. So like. Snakey makes Snakerson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like Tilden Toots with his thumbs. Like he's only gardening because he has three thumbs, right? So I'm into this. I did. I I completely forgot about the Herpo thing. That's such a good connection. Oh yeah, that yeah. and also the um the foul part has like always like just tickled me because it's like Herpo the foul, and there's that whole like the basilisk is made by 
hatching a chicken's egg under a toad or whatever. So you've got like basilisk, that's a snake, but it's made by hatching a chicken's egg, that's the fowl, but like with a W instead of a U. I've always enjoyed that stupid thing. And then um, Salazar also had a snake wood wand, um, just to keep going with the theme there. And then he also had his locket, and we've speculated briefly about what powers it might have, but nobody really knows, so... So that's Slytherin. He's like um, fine. He's not. He's still not higher than Melvin. It's overrated. <laughs> Melvin Slytherin. Overrated. <laughs> so we have our first witch on the list now, and that is going to be Morgan Le Fay or uh, Morgana, as she's also known. She was also in the Middle Ages, and um, she was a famous frog card also. So her claim to fame: um, she was a dark sorceress. Uh, she was an animagus. She could turn into a bird, and she ruled over Avalon for a period of time. So yeah. she's great. Love her. Um, she was half sister to King Arthur and uh, she was Merlin's adversary. And so um, I wanted to ask if y'all think that he, uh, she went to Hogwarts because Merlin went to Hogwarts. So do we think that she did? I don't know. Um, I feel like just because they were adversaries doesn't necessarily mean that they were geographically clo- as close as we would expect because they are wizards. So they can move a little bit more freely. And just because they were adversaries, like I don't know how many people could qualify it as adversary to Merlin. Like there can't be that many. So I wonder <laughs> if she was just like super powerful. So she like, qualified for the gig and that again i don't know that that meant that they were geographically like super close i would guess that they'd probably be there at the same time i don't know and maybe if they weren't there at the same time like it was it was many years later because i think we always imagine merlin as an old man Um, (laughs) (laughs) for his whole life yeah and i think that she's pictured younger so maybe there was some years difference but that maybe she was still educated at hogwarts at some point listen i would love to claim morgana lefay to to hogwarts so like yes let's she went to hogwarts okay decided it's canon (laughs) canon now (laughs) next is going to be we're jumping back to egbert so egbert the egregious on our uh, elder wand trail and so he murdered emmerich the evil in a ferocious duel for the elder wand and And, for the title um, evil so egregious (laughs) means outstandingly bad or shocking So he was outstandingly bad. He was in the running for the evil title. And that's the real mm-hmm. reason that he killed Emmerich. Yeah. But he also got the wand. So like, it's fine. You get we the wand, really you get the name. We don't really know anything else about him. So the next person on the Elder Wand trail is a century later. And that's going to be God a lot. He is kind of mentioned as, so he wrote Magic Most Evil. We were talking about Dumbledore kind of learning dark magic. Hermione also had a bunch of dark magic books in her in her bookcase as minister and a cursed child. And so that Magic Most Evil is one of them. So Godelot wrote Magic Most Evil. And so he was, he mentioned that the elder, his wand of Elhorn, which is an old word for elder, kind of taught him the magic, like the evil magic. So it's kind of like this wand lore thing where the wand is kind of semi-sentient and is kind of teaching him evil spells. I don't buy all of that. Like the wand knew bad spells, but I don't think that it necessarily was teaching him. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, the uh, Hermione in uh, Half-Blood Prince consulted that book, Magic Most Evil. And it's basically like even he wouldn't write about Horcruxes, which is mm-hmm. what she was looking up. That was the book where it was like of horcruxes the most terrible thing you will find no mention here and then when you close it it lets out a ghastly a ghostly wail interesting yeah 
So he wrote that whole book, but he wouldn't touch Horcruxes. And then he died in his cellar after being locked there by his son, Hereward. Yes. Love also, it. he was a century later. So what do we think that right. the wand did for that century? Ooh. Passed around by witches who didn't boast about it. <laughs> that's my that, that's <laughs> my firm it. belief. Ladies had the wand between between them because a century is a long time. Yeah. Interesting. And now a word about our sponsors. We have a new sponsor for the show, and it's ROR Apparel. Room of Requirement Apparel creates unique t-shirt and tank top designs inspired by the Wizarding World. We've said several times on the show that if you're not looking up at the signs when you're in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you're missing half the fun. And ROR has looked up, down, and all around for inspiration for their shirt designs. One of my personal favorites has got to be the Society for the Reformation of Hag shirt, but they also have Celestina Warbeck, Blishin's Fire Whiskey, Magical Menagerie, and even knitted beer bag designs in their shop. There's also house Quidditch shirts that you can rep your house wherever you go. Listeners to Hold My Butterbeer can get a 10% off their purchase by going to ROROpparel.com and using code WizardTaylor10 at checkout. That's W-I-Z-A-R-D-T-A-I-L-O-R, one word, and the number 10 at checkout for 10% off today. We thank ROR Pale for their support of the show. If you would like to be a sponsor of Hold My Butterbeer and have your business featured on the show, please check out the sponsors link at holdmybutterbeer.com for more information. Now, back to the show. So next on the list, we have Acrisdis, another awesome name. It's a really good name. Mm-hmm. So he was in the 15th century, and he was mentioned in the Pottermore article about Azkaban. And so Acrisdis was a dark wizard who built a fortress way out in the North Sea and practiced all manner of dark magic on captured Muggle sailors. So super, super bad dude. He put all kinds of uh, enchantments over the fortress so that it was like unplottable, and the ministry had no idea what was going on. It was like a total mystery. And because of all the dark magic and everything, it just bred tons and tons and tons of Dementors. And so after Acrisdis died, the enchantment broke and um, the ministry, like it was able to be discovered by wizards and the wizards were like, holy crap, look at all these Dementors and they fled the island. But then the Dementors started like looking for victims. And so then one of the ministers of magic suggested that they start storing their prisoners on the island to give the Dementors something to do uh, so they wouldn't attack the mainland and guard the prisoners and keep them super depressed so they couldn't do anything. Christus might be the worst one. He's pretty bad. Like how how many people and how much bad shit did you have to do to make that many Dementors? Right. When the island got discovered again, like it was like shocking. It was like, oh my gosh, like the horror well, of what's so gone like, on here. Because to think that Peeves is the manifestation of all of like the the sneaky, you know, mm, like sneaky mischief. bits of all the kids. Yeah, all the mischievous kids. And to think of how many mischievous kids and how much mischief is happening at Hogwarts and there's only one poltergeist. Mm, that's good. To point. have a castle full to bursting with Dementors. Like, what were you doing, bro? What, what's going on here? I think that he, that 
Well, we're, we just uh, got news recently that the uh, the Harry Potter video game Hogwarts Legacy is going to come out next year. I think it would be so cool for a 15th century, like an Assassin's Creed, like going <laughs> like 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 you are like the order team that goes and finds this island. You have to explore it and fight all the dark creatures. I think that would be so cool. I think that'd be the coolest mm-hmm. game ever. So he was super bad. Is he beating at uh, Melvin? Because <laughs> we like love Melvin. Okay. He's still top of the list. Because this is the worst. Like he's, I mean, he's probably the worst one so far, but like not in a good way. (laughs) So do we judge him on worseness just because like the, like the level of harm that he caused? Yeah, I would say we can have two lists. Our personal favorite Melvin in a is the worst. Okay. trademark symbol because like Harpo like he was a dark wizard but he mostly did stuff to himself I mean I guess he had he did have to kill somebody to make a horcrux so uh, next is just a brief one which is Yardley Platt and uh, this is the first time we're getting official numbers so this is a 1446 until 1557 uh, or his dates uh, because he was a famous frog card so we've got specifics on his dates and so he was a serial goblin killer hate that don't come for the goblins. So I guess we don't know if he killed less or more goblins than Acrisdus killed muggle sailors, but he was a pretty well, bad dude too. I mean, Acrisdus, his place of dwelling became the worst prison ever, the only prison in the Wizarding World. So he's still he's still taking the cake there, but like Yardley, we're not here for goblin killing. Also, how problematic is it that the the Chocolate Frog Company made? a card don't you think goblins would see that like well, cel- celebrating say, this killer say a serial goblin killer like that's no. not cute not a good look so we don't really know much else about yardley but that's there you go next is another witch another witch on the list here we go is gormlaith gaunt we don't claim her we don't claim her but she was around in 1576 till 1634 and she was all in the Ilvermorny articles on Pottermore. And so Gaunt, um, uh, she's an heir of Salazar Slytherin because everyone's related, attempted to murder Ilsolt Sayer, founder of Ilvermorny, to um, reclaim Sal- uh, Slytherin's snakewood wand that had passed down through the generations to her, which Ilsolt stole. Like, Ilsolt had a hard time with Gormlaith, but she did steal that wand. And that's kind of why Gormlaith was coming there in the first place. So I don't know. I'm listen, Gormleith has a lot of issues. She needed to go to therapy and like she had a lot of issues because she, she trapped this poor kid, killed her parents, like what for what? Couldn't you just have your own kid? Why are you being so grumpy? <laughs> yeah, they were they were too pro muggle. So she uh did not want uh Ilso to be influenced by that. And Which, so like, she like that's not your okay. business. It's not your kid. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> This is a really complicated plan, Gormleith. And then she basically yeah. held her hostage Rapunzel style, but then told her everything about Hogwarts at the same time of not allowing her to go to Hogwarts. I'm like, girl, this isn't a good plan. You need to just keep everything secret so then she doesn't know anything else. Not a great hostage taker. But yeah, she got hers job, in the end. Gormleith. Bad job. True. She got um, slain by a poison arrow from a Pugwudgie and something happened with like the protective charms on Gormlaith mixed with the poison of the Pugwudgie and then she turned to ashes because Ugh. apparently that's how everyone dies in the Wizarding World, Bellatrix, <laughs> Voldemort, everyone, you, if you're evil and you die, you get turned into ashes. Maggots consume you. Maggots, yeah, something. either ashes or maggots, take your choice. <laughs> They pretty much all come to a grisly end at some point. Ashes or maggots. <laughs> I guess we all know we're making fun of the movies right now. We know that didn't happen in the book. <laughs> I don't know if anyone needs to know that. 
Definitely didn't happen in the books. We're back to the Elder Wand now with Barnabas Deverell. He was around in the early 18th century. And so he used an Eldrin wand. So that's another old word for elder to carve out a reputation as a fearsome warlock until his reign of terror was ended by a wizard called Loxius who murdered him to take the wand. Loxius is a better name than Barnabas, first of all. Second of all, bad marketing. You don't want to be known for the best wand ever. So that's his own fault for getting killed. You're right. That is a really good name. A witch would never let that happen. Never. She would never let that happen. Um, so we can jump to Loxius. Um, so when Loxius killed Barnabas for the Elder Wand, um, he christened it de- the Death Stick. The- it's also called the Wand of Destiny, but we don't know who named it that. Mm. A woman. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't really know what Loxius did because then um, the trail kind of goes cold. Um, Tons of people claim to have killed Loxius um, from someone named Arcus to someone named Livius to his own mother all claimed to have killed him. So the trail kind of goes cold there. But he so he was in the 18th century. So the 1700s, Gregorovich eventually got the Elder Wand. So something happened in between the 1700s and like the late 1800s for Grigorovich to eventually end up with it. Which has had it between there. Also, Deloxius doesn't have a last name. He's just like Madonna, just Loxius. Yeah, Loxius. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm into that. Arcus Livius, the 1700s was all about some Roman first names. Also, I love this note that no witch has ever claimed to own the Elder One, either from lack of lust of power or cleverness in keeping it concealed. Definitely the latter. <laughs> Always Definitely. the latter. Yeah, because I'm sure it passed through witch's hands at some point. So next we have Nico Nenad. We don't know when he was born, but he died in 1809. And so he, we found out about him from the, um, I think the 2015 Quidditch World Cup coverage, like the history of the Quidditch World Cup that was on Pottermore and now is only available through the Quidditch Through the Ages audiobook, but in the 1809 World Cup. So he was a really hot-headed uh, Romanian Quidditch player and he um, would like storm off the field and he was just a bad dude altogether so at the quidditch world cup in 1809 he teamed up with siberian dark wizards to enchant the forest around the pitch to attack the stadium so a bludger got hit into the trees and the trees sprang to life and started killing everybody oh my gosh Um, so there were several injuries and deaths and nanad was killed early in the carnage by a particularly violent spruce as he deserves (laughs) he got got Um, I love this nuance that the spruce was especially violent. Like, like maybe some of the other trees weren't quite as violent as the spruce was, but, and he also died early in the carnage. So it's like, he, like he caused all this and then he died and then everyone else had to deal with the problem. So next we can move on to Gellert Grindelwald. So he was born in 1883 and then died in March of 1998. So his claim to fame is he started a wizarding war. That pretty much coincided with World War II to establish wizard supremacy over muggles. So when earlier we were talking about that pure blood supremacy thing where um, it was either because they've suppressed us or because we think we're better than them, um, he was definitely a we think we're better than you type of pure blood supremacist. So, I mean, we all heard his story in the books. He was expelled for Durmstrang for doing twisted dark experiments. And then he went to England and to hang out with Bethilda Bagshot, who was that aunt? everyone's related yeah right everyone's related um (laughs) grindelwald bagshot i'm not sure how we got there but um so that's where he met dumbledore and then they fell in love and um, but we can't talk about it sorry right (laughs) 
so they uh, created their plan for wizard supremacy. And then um, with the three-way duel between Grindelwald, Aberforth, and Dumbledore, or Albus Dumbledore, resulted in Ariana dying. Then Grindelwald flipped back to the mainland to carry out his plan. And then that's basically the plot of the five Fantastic Beasts movies. And now we have Cabbage Head forever. (laughs) What could have been such a bad experiment that Grindelwald got kicked out of Durmstrang when, like, that's a subject that's taught openly there? Like, what do we think he did? Bad. Yeah, that's always been my question. And how many experiments before it was the one that was too bad? Right. Like, how how bad was it? level stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, how much lead up? Because I feel like Durmstrang gives a lot of uh, slap on the wrist, don't do that again, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that they really encourage and kind of do that whole, it wasn't that bad. They're growing boys, whatever. And girls. But, and, and girls, girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, you're right. It is. Those uh, witches never co-ed. get caught. But that's yeah, the exact, witches that was, don't get caught. Exactly. That's what it is. That's what I was getting at. But anyways, um, so I, I also, yes, to your point, Shelby, I don't know what it was, but I also feel like there was lead up to whatever was bad enough. Yeah, because he, I was going to say he made blood packs and stuff, but that was after he got expelled. He made that blood pack with Dumbledore on their their summer of love. So <laughs> nothing says love like a blood pact. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. So at some point after he returned to the mainland, um, it turned out that Mayhew Gregorovich um, was actually starting to get boastful, the downfall of all the Elder Wand holders. And it was rumored that he was trying to recreate the properties of a particularly powerful wand that had come into his possession. And so Grindelwald heard those rumors and then went and stole the Elder Wand from Gregorovich. And this was actually the first time we've seen or known instance of the wand passing without the original owner dying interesting but we don't know like obviously if you know if witches were handing it off <laughs> centuries right. ago which we know they were <laughs> and a peaceful transfer of power century to century with the witches then um but yeah it's the first documented one that we have and with the whole elder one thing i mean all of it is supposed to be the unbeatable wand like the most ultimate powerful wand but its entire history is people losing and mm-hmm. getting it taken from them so how powerful is it really so then the Fantastic Beast movies happen, whatever the plots are there. Um, 1945, he duels Dumbledore and then loses. And yet again, the Elder Wand loses and gets imprisoned in Nurmengard Castle, which I had always assumed was like a fortress that got built during his reign of terror. But the movies seem to be establishing that it's like his ancestral home, right? Yeah, which I don't love. Yeah, I don't love that it's like his ancestral home. I, yeah. I thought that he had built this fortress because he was a Looney Tune and like needed yeah. guard, safeguard from the, everyone else. Yeah, I thought he built it as a prison. Like, for yeah. And then the irony was that he himself got imprisoned in it. Yeah. Um, so, but at the end of Crimes of Grindelwald, it's like, it's, we're at Nurmengard Castle. So that seems confusing. I don't really know how that's going to play out. Well, actually, to be fair, not to give the movies any credit in any way, um, it could be a prison still. Like, we just don't know that it's being used that way. Because, like, they were just in the building. So, like, it could be a prison right now. Hmm. Yeah, maybe they were, like, in the, what is it called? Do you mean, like, it could become one? Or do you mean we just didn't see the part of it that's a prison? We just didn't see the part of it that's a prison. Like, he could have... Uh um, like living space in the castle separate from where they're keeping prisoners. 
Ew, imagine, like, living above basically, like, a prison dungeon type thing. Like well, that's Hogwarts. bad energy. <laughs> like, what? It's like Hogwarts with its dungeons. Why are there dungeons in a school? I mean, because that's what they used to do to the kids, I guess. They used to hang them by their toes, right? <laughs> what? Isn't that what's, yeah, what Filch does? Yeah, uh, chains that he keeps well oiled. Because they used to hang the kids by their toes? Oh, I remember the chains thing, but I couldn't remember, like, hanging by toes. That's yeah, weird. He, he had said you can hang the kids by their toenails or something. It's disgusting. So, um, Grindelwald is... He's a bad dude. Sorry. He yeah. is. He should he be is. on Very this bad. list. Yeah. Except he's not a wizard, so. Filch. Yeah, maybe that's why he's not a wizard, because he would have been evil. Uh, no, Filch is not on this list. He is not a dark wizard. Um, but so uh, Grindelwald spent the rest of his life from 1945 until 1998 uh, imprisoned at Nurmagar Castle. And uh, Voldemort came there searching for the Elder Wand. In the book, of course, Grindelwald did not give up the information about the Elder Wand. And um, Voldemort killed him in anger. Um, but in the movies, he totally gave up all the information and cackled and then Voldemort flew away. So completely different from how it was in the book. But in the book, it said that um, Grindelwald is said to have died regretting his actions uh, earlier in life. So he was repentant. I, I want to see that because right now those films do not seem as though he's ever going to be repentant. No. He's having a real good time. Granted, if I was hanging out with the prettiest witch on earth, then I mean, I probably would too, but. <laughs> Savannah, that's exactly what you were thinking. I'm in my head going, yeah, but like, think about the pleasantness of having arm candy like fucking Vinda Rosier. Oh, Vinda. <laughs> Can we, oh, please. She's so pretty. Sorry, I continue. Step on me. I love her. See, like, she's not on this list because she's so smart. Well, she's not on this list because we're not really talking about Death Eaters or Grindelwald's followers because know, we just like, don't know that much about them. That's yeah. true. They just get well, lumped because to the, the whole acolyte gang and move yeah. on. But we don't know much about her because she's so smart. I guess. She was sneaky. She had she that skull sneaky. hookah thing. Sneaky sneak. Sorry, continue. <laughs> we love a sneaky girl. <laughs> we love a sneaky girl. Where do we think she was educated? Do we think it was Durmstrang? She's French, isn't she? She's French. Oh, then I guess Bobatons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god, can you imagine her in blue? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I opened this door. <laughs> it was my fault. Sorry. <laughs> so uh let's talk about a different witch for a second, and that is gonna be our girl Walberga Black. Yes. Ooh. So uh, her dates are very interesting. I had never noticed this before until preparing for today's episode. But so she was born in 1925. Oh. Voldemort, aka Tom Riddle, was born in 1926. So, so really, she could he could have been um, Sirius's dad if he wasn't careful. Maybe he was. Maybe that's going to be Cursed Child too. Oh. oh, it turns out that Voldemort had Electric another child. <laughs> So Walberga, because I always imagine like Walberga being just kind of ancient, but she was Sirius's mom. So it's, I don't know, like the dates just kind of always blurred for me. But so they would have been in Hogwarts at the same time. Walberga would have been probably a year ahead of Tom Riddle at Hogwarts. Interesting. Um, yeah, I find that very interesting. So Walberga was a pureblood supremacist um, and deeply connected to all the pureblood families and would blast family members off the family tree if she disapproved of their actions. She was mean. She was mm-hmm. mean. That's, um, some, that's some wild energy. I'm going to blast you off the family tree. Pretty rough time. 
Sirius had a pretty hard time with her. She left her portrait behind in her ancestral home of number 12 Grimmauld Place um, that would scream obscenities at anyone who was not in line with pureblood ideology. So awesome. See, okay, now here's another thing, though. So Sirius came from that house, right? And, like, that was how he was brought up, and that was what was expected of him. And he still turned out to be such a good dude. So I also take issue with anyone who's like, it's it's our family way, whatever. Like, okay, that's great, but you don't have to do that. Regulus was, like, in line with all of it until he kind of found out what the implications of that really were. Yeah, he redeemed himself in the end. Yeah. Took him a while, but. And died. <laughs> And then he died. Yeah. Yeah. So it was also likely that she was taught by Slughorn in potions because Tom Riddle was. She never actually joined the Death Eaters, but they approved of Voldemort's actions. Um, So I wanted to ask why we think they didn't join up. I think Walburga had a lot of, um, what's a nice, uh, like leadership skills is not what they would say. Um, But like she was a hard ass lady and was like that's great that you're doing that i'm not doing that but like i'll support you from afar i think she had her own shit going on and she was just like i'm not here to like support you i approve of it but i'm not participating and i agree with you savannah i think that like um maybe because she was like a year or two older and she's like i'll let the younger generation handle this like they were really happy that regulus joined up so maybe by the time like she was maybe in her 40s or 50s or something it was like I'll let I'll let the kids go to war and I'll just hang yeah. out here and financially back them or something or make Regulus dinner when he comes home from his <laughs> Death Eater <laughs> or have creatures from Cub Scouts. Yeah, she, when he gets home from yeah, Cub Scouts. She absolutely gives me off that impression of someone who is like all talk but no walk. Like <laughs> spouting off hate, spouting off meanness, but like doesn't do anything. Just like it's just mean to be mean. But like yeah, that. she would like be shamed if her if her sons weren't like a part of the the hate group <laughs> with Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So next is going to be Tom Marvolo Riddle, aka Lord Voldemort. So yeah, uh, December 31st, 1926, and then died May 2nd, 1998, turned to ash uh, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> uh, uh, in the book. So his claim to fame is that he separated his soul into eight pieces and survived. No wizard has ever done apparently more than one horcrux ever so before. he says exactly this is some this is some guinness book of world record <laughs> shit like just because you didn't talk about it doesn't mean it didn't happen there's mm-hmm. probably we- some guy out in the woods who's done it and he's like just he's just minding his own business <laughs> <laughs> exactly Haley. <laughs> Yeah, and he he picks like tin cans and stuff to make his horcruxes yeah. instead <laughs> of Hufflepuff cup. And... Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a witch, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. a witch who had her her soul into 500 pieces, and she's <laughs> laughing at him like, "Oh, please, just seven? Oh, that's cute." <laughs> So uh, Voldemort did start two wizarding wars, and he created an army of Inferi. He had them um, down there in the lake just kind of chilling. Like, that whole deal, those were all people that he killed, because no one else knew about that cave. So he put those bodies there. He enchanted them, so he killed every single person who was in that lake and became an Inferi. So that's significant, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that um, is. Mm-hmm. I never, were, like, put that together. yeah. And then they were in fury, just kind of out and about attacking people and um, all the dark creatures that he like the giants and the acromantulas and the dementors and all that stuff. Like he was totally in line with that. And he can fly. 
So yeah, the flying that's pretty bit. Too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we love the flying. <laughs> we I, know, the I know we covered it in the transportation episode, but <laughs> I need to bring it up again. I mean, it, it seems again. so cute. <laughs> he just yeets himself into the sky, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Mr. Dark Man. It seems so cute. In in the books, he's described as the most dark wizard in history. So, does he deserve this title? I mean, yeah. I think that he Acrisdus gave him a run for his money. I will say that he's charismatic. <sighs> That's like, the gross part. He was he's able to get people who are like all about him, which agreed is the really gross part. So Grindelwald was also able to do that. Yeah, but Grindelwald only caused one war. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he stopped or whatever happened we don't then, know. then he turned into a cabbage head and then we never saw him we, again we don't know fully yet but we don't know what happened but we've already cancelled him so he's dead to us <laughs> yes I do think that Voldemort gets that title begrudgingly because he is the worst. He had no care in the world. He literally just wanted to kill as many people as possible, like to get to what he wanted. And he still didn't get what he wanted. And he still didn't get what he wanted. But that was his goal was it didn't matter how many people he had to take out to get it, which is gross. Like, what is that Facebook meme that's out there all the time where like Dumbledore lived to 150 and Tom Riddle was 70? And like, Mm -hmm. if you had just chilled out, (laughs) you could have waited it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why was uh, he so impatient? Just the power. Want it now. Wanted to feel like he's a, in charge. To be fair, I mean, Dumbledore could have lived like probably much longer. We see how long Minerva McGonagall is like mm-hmm. alive. She's alive. Three hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If McGonagall shows up in Hogwarts Legacy, I swear to God. Of course, you do know she's, she's already teaching. She's there. the headmistress. Yeah, <laughs> she's been teaching for twenty years. She was. She retired. She was headmistress. She retired. Then they brought her back out of retirement for this game. Maybe she's just a robot. <gasps> Maybe she has a horcrux. She wait. Is she the trolley witch? Is she the robot like a, a construct? Yeah. <laughs> I can just see the retcon about to happen. <laughs> By the way, McGonagall's actually like a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> is she real we don't know or she's just in everybody's like collective consciousness she's not even real <laughs> oh my god it was, a it was all a dream <laughs> <laughs> and then they woke up okay but i have i have a real question though who said that he's the like most dark wizard in history Voldemort, i mean like, who's claiming this? I Hagrid? believe it's the narrator. It, okay. it just talks about, like, Voldemort, the d- most dark wizard in history, killed his parents. I think maybe towards the beginning of Chamber of Secrets, I could be wrong. When it's kind of giving that summary of what happened in the first book, I would have to go pull my book and look at it specifically. But I think that's where it comes from. Okay. You wanted to know if that was a self, self-given self title, shall we? Well, I was just thinking about it as like, like, who did it come from? Are they a reliable narrator? You know what um, I mean? I, and yeah, I don't yeah. mean that as like the narrator, narrator of the book. I mean, like, did Hermione say like, oh, he's the most dark wizard in history. And it's just like a kid that thinks that or like somebody <laughs> who's biased, somebody who maybe like doesn't know about other. I got a quote. Atrocities committed by dark wizards. Like, oh, he's got a quote. I love a quote. This is from Rita Skeeter's The Life and Lies of Elvis Dumbledore. In a list of most dangerous dark wizards of all time, he'd miss out 
Only on the top spot, Keith mean Grinewald. Missed out only on the top spot, only because you know who arrived a generation later to steal his crown. Mm. Oh. Okay, so Rita Skeeter calls him the most dark wizard of all time. But that all right. could have been said before, but yeah, she yeah. she writes it down in the history books. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think, like, okay. of course, somebody who lives in that same time as this, like, decidedly evil, bad man. Like, of course, they're going to be like, oh, like, he's the worst in history. Like, he's so terrible. He's so awful. Yeah, because she's but, loving like, to it. Right, right. Yeah. She's going to feel a lot more strongly about his evil doing than, I don't know, Christus or whoever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So Christus did pretty much keep to himself. I mean, he well, did kill all I those, mean, um, all those I was going to say, unless to himself, except for people that crashed their boats there. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, can we just assume that Voldemort's responsible for just as many or more Dementors? Yeah, they were all breeding during the Second Wizarding War. So, Wizarding War. That word is hard to say. It um, is. <laughs> Wizarding War. So, yeah, he's he's definitely, I would say, responsible for the creation of even more Dementors. Like, it, and rather than just being on an island, it was basically all of the UK. Right. So... I guess he pretty much earns it. And I really, but I don't want to give it to him. Like, <laughs> I think that's why I'm mad. Cause like, that's what he wanted, you know? And I just don't, don't want to give him what he wants. Well, we've got a few more to go so we can still decide if his crimes are the worst of all. Um, <laughs> so next we've got Dolores Umbridge. I hate so her. She was born <laughs> uh, August 26, 1965, which means she was 30 at the time of Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> 30. Really? Yes. What? She did not age well. She 1995 minus 1965 is 30. Oh my God. That is mind boggling. Seriously? Isn't it? It doesn't feel right at all to me. Uh-uh. She's well, doing a lot of weird. bad shit. How are you that corrupted at 30 years old? But how is she that in much in power like at 30 like you're basically just like getting going in your career what so yeah and she so she did that like at maybe 25 like how, being under secretary to cornelius fudge how do we how much do we believe this date like is this for real it's from pottermore it's from pottermore yeah they could have changed it's, it it's her this is bog my bog this is like crazy to me i mean let me let i did put this i know i see it i i googled it yeah okay. it's on it's on the wiki. I like, of course, I Googled it right away because I'm like, what? 30 years old? I mean, okay. <laughs> she she did some climbing. She climbed. Her legs yeah. were tired. <laughs> she was, yeah. <laughs> 30? You would, no, but you like, just picture her as like an old lady. Wow. Okay. Call in if y'all are just as boggled as we are. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. That's so, mind blowing. Oh yeah. So, so her claim to fame, um, the kind of the worst thing she did, um, because you know, Harry, he was one victim among many. Um, so she was the head of the Muggleborn registration commission during Voldemort's takeover of the ministry, which sent unknown numbers of Muggleborn witches and wizards to Azkaban for stealing wands where many of them died. Fake news. So, She's the worst. Yeah. In my opinion, that was the worst thing that she did. And she did right. it gleefully. She's nasty. Yeah. So she before she was a DADA professor at Hogwarts in 1995, she was undersecretary to Cornelius Fudge. So like at 30, she became a DADA. So whatever her career was, like rising through the ministry ranks, 
Um, she made it to undersecretary, which I assume is a very high position. And then after she got sacked from Hogwarts, she then returned to the ministry to serve as undersecretary. So the same position to Rufus Scrimgeour immediately and then Pius Dickness after him. So do we think that she had the connections because she was the worst person on earth and like it was mainly because she was working for Voldemort that she got all these connects? She's a smellwin, right? Yeah, she's yeah, she's pretends to be a pure blood even though she's a half blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she's pretty much the worst. And I think but she But so has, did Riddle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That and pretending. Snape, her heroes. <laughs> I think she rose up through the ranks through like like cronyism, like like sucking up to people. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that she dated somebody for a little or tried to date somebody and as soon as she started getting drunk, she would start being super racist. And so oh, that's cool. why she never married. <laughs> that's right. Love that. Yeah. I, I guess like I'm I'm really stuck on this 30 thing. I guess like when you think about it, it's like looking at Percy, he got a job right out of school because he was like top of his class and he was already working for like the minister. So he was like what, like eighteen? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. True. But that was uh, that was right. also because they wanted to keep an eye on the Weasley family. So he Right, got so a there's always position. there's always some sort of like thing. Maybe she had a thing like that got her high up because That's she, what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. she had some connect. Yeah. yeah, it says on Pottermore or now wizardingworld.com, um, so her sanctuary manner towards her superiors, the ruthlessness and stealth with which she took credit for other people's work soon gained her advancement before uh, she before she was thirty. It does say that in this article, which I had never I just like totally glanced over that and not even let that sink in wait okay before she was 30 she promoted to head of the office but a short step from there was even more senior positions to the management of the department for magical law enforcement yeah she just like got right on up there real quick it's like 30 you're like that's young and like i mean we i'm only 30 saw... yeah yeah <laughs> like, i'm 30 and, like, that's young and I, and, like, I just like i just can't not picture her as like like an older lady like in her 50s like i don't know but that's i mean i guess it was never explicitly said in the books like her age it was always just like her toad-like appearance yeah but her in the films, she was cast as someone who was older than 30 yeah mm-hmm. you know wow wow interesting i don't think i, I do think. wonder like how many candidates are coming out of hogwarts that like want to work at the ministry too maybe there's a lot of positions and not that many people applying for them you yeah, know harry's year had about 40 students in it so if you imagine kind of every year somewhere between 30 and 50 students are graduating mm-hmm. then they're either going to business for themselves or going to the ministry or something else yeah not everyone wants to do a government job <laughs> And you right. have to get really high test scores. So only like the highest achieving students can even apply for ministry jobs. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it's not that hard. I mean, yeah. sorry, maybe maybe it's not that cutthroat is what I'm trying to say as far as like your competition goes when you're there. But I also feel like she's real cutthroat. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it also Mixture is of both. to say that, yeah. Yeah, that like she, she was real aggressive about it. I think it's definitely that. I oh, I'm not both. saying at all this was like she got it in fairness. I just, oh, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know. Maybe yeah, she didn't exactly. have to like be as terrible to <laughs> as a whole horrible. bunch of people. <laughs> she just had to like steal the credit of three other candidates. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She she seems like somebody who like she found out that someone applied for the position she wanted, and then all of a sudden that person like disappeared. (laughs) 
she she disappeared them (laughs) yeah like uh, uh, that they got sick they moved to a different country like don't know what happened like that just (laughs) seems very (laughs) plausible it's very very, uh lockhart like yes uh, yes yeah. yeah taking credit for everything and working their way through. <laughs> what are we going to find out next? Lockhart was like 12? Like, how old are <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so she ended up in Azkaban um, after Kingsley Shacklebolt became minister. She was tried and convicted for her crimes. Where um, she belongs. Born. So she is in Azkaban for life. A second from the end, next we have Queerness Quirrell. Woo! Um, he, I know we said that we weren't really going to talk about Death Eaters because there's just not much to talk about them, but I don't think he was technically ever a Death Eater. No. Um, I wouldn't he, qualify him as a Death Eater either. Even if he was one, I think yeah. that it was like more than that. I don't think he ever had that. the dark mark. It would have been like a symbolic. Given it to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, symbolic. <laughs> Honorary Death Eater. Honorary yeah. Death Eater, yeah. <laughs> it's the participation um, award for yeah. Death Eater. <laughs> yeah. Good job, so a his, gold star. <laughs> his claim to fame is, uh, did I say his dates? Um, uh, September 26, 1970 to June 1992. He had, So his claim to fame is a theoretical interest in dark magic led him to seek out the remains of Lord Voldemort's soul, uh, which in turn led him to becoming a host for the parasitic dark wizard. Parasitic dark wizard is the grossest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was. You're right. That's 100% accurate. It's just like, I never thought of it like that. Do y'all buy that Voldemort actually cursed the Defense Against the Dark Arts position? Or that Dumbledore was just a bad manager? (laughs) No, I do. I I firmly believe that he did curse the position. And I also, so going through the books as a kid, knowing that Dumbledore knows everything always blew my mind. Because I was always like, what end game is he getting at? You know, he has to know that Quirrell's got Voldemort on his head. There's no way he doesn't know that. Like, he knows everything that's happening in the school. So, like, what's the long game he's playing here? See, I don't think that Dumbledore does know everything that goes on in the school, because I don't think Dumbledore really would have allowed Voldemort to enter Hogwarts. Like, I feel like he would have thought that Quirrell was maybe after the stone or maybe greedy, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he would have known the extent. Like, I don't think he really would have put his students in that kind of danger if he thought that actual Voldemort was walking around in his school. Oh, I do. Because I also feel that he was so arrogant that he thought that he could protect everyone if that were the case. Yeah, I'm kind of with Michael because like, I feel like this was before... Like, I feel like Dumbledore was following patterns. Like, I think he was seeing that something was going down and that there was a lot of talk that could be related to Voldemort. But I don't think sometimes it's like when things happen so close to home and like right under your nose, you're the last person to find out sort of deal. Mm -hmm. Like maybe he was following patterns out in Albania and then like in the forest and like all this stuff was happening. But like I kind of I kind of don't think he would do that to the kids either, because I think protecting the kids was his main goal in being a teacher. Okay. If Voldemort had cursed the position, then he would have known that Quirrell would have been out by the end of the year, even as he was attached to him. Because it's like, yeah, my curse is still going to go. So you're out. This is only going to be like But he only needed game. one year to do it. Like, right, you know, I don't think. To the stone. Yeah, exactly. That's all he cared about. Yeah, which is also, so I also believe that that's why Dumbledore let Lockhart have the job, because he, like, figured out that the job was cursed and didn't really care if he lost that guy. <laughs> He's extended. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dumbledore always believed that that position was cursed, for sure. It just makes me sad, because I don't know why he would have given it to Lupin, knowing that it was cursed, unless he just wanted, like, Lupin to have a year of normalcy, but. He probably was desperate, too. Yeah. But I also think, like, how could that magic even work? Because, like. 
that would have to that would basically be the the entire plot of all of the Harry Potter books because that magic would have influenced oh Quirrell has to get this job and he also has to be attached to Voldemort in order to go through all of the, the chamber stuff to get to the stone and then die from Harry's like love protection and then Lockhart had to get his memory erased by a fault like I I don't see how a curse could influence all of those chain of events. Why? Because that's the entire plot. Yeah. I'm sitting quietly because I'm completely skeptical of this. And I don't understand how anybody, even a good wizard, could manage to curse a thing that's like theoretical, like a job posting. How do you do that? Like, what do you, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, and that's the incantation. What's this? What's the wand movement for that one? Is it a circle? <laughs> right? Is it a star? Is it a zigzag? <laughs> like I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't know. I see, I see that discussion. That's why I love it, though. Yeah, I think it's cursed. I do too, I and definitely like, think it's cursed. That's why I love it because there's so much nuance and like everybody's way out is different because it's ultimately like a timed thing. You only have a year until something unravels and like steers you away from it. Whether that's, you know, being found out that you're a werewolf and that or losing your mind because you're an asshole. But like, you know, (laughs) and also Voldemort is petty and that's like the pettiest thing Mm. to to make a lifelong curse for. Like if you're going to figure out how to make a permanent curse, on something as petty as a job that you didn't get, that is Voldemort. Yes. On brand. I love it. I love how stupid it is. Yeah. (laughs) See, Shelby, I totally agree with you too, Boo, because it's it's, it's theoretical. It's like, I, uh, it's I could see it if it's like, I curse the office, like, like any (laughs) professor who steps into this office will have a ticking clock above their head that if they don't get out by this date, they'll drop dead. Oh, that rhymed. Maybe that could actually be a spell. So <laughs> like I could see that, but I can't, yeah, I can't see you cursing something that's that doesn't exist. See, but I think that's part of the challenge. Coming from a man who wanted to break his, his soul apart in more pieces than everybody else, he's like, you know what? Screw that guy. I'm going to curse this position. Don't know how, don't know what we're going to do, but like, we're going to make sure that it's cursed forever because like that, again, to Haley's point, that's the most petty kind of Voldemort shit that could happen. But he also, well, Voldemort also put Carter Jr. in the position to, to, yeah, to switch with Yeah, but he also only needed a year. Hmm. He, knew there was a, he knew his times was up. Yeah. I don't know. Is there any other, like, And relative? then Snape. Yeah. It's like, that's why Dumbledore did it, because he's like, this is the year I'm dying. <laughs> but then but then Snape became headmaster. Yeah, but he was in defense because the dark arts. That's the curse. Mm. He can't stay in the position longer than a year. Do you think maybe Voldemort lifted the curse? No. Or Snape? Never. No. I think it was a permanent curse. I don't think there was a renewal date. I think it was just like, here it is, one and done for life. But so, I think after Voldemort so, died, it went away. It did go true, away, yeah. True, true, true. But so, do you think Voldemort would want to keep it going once he was in control of Hogwarts? He'd want to be constantly finding, he wouldn't want the Karos in there all the time? Sure, he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't forget. <laughs> I, He's I, if the curse is real and it's not it just make sense, it's and petty. it's not just Dumbledore being like, oh well, it's cursed, so I can't do anything about it. Then I would think that Voldemort would have lifted the curse once Snape became headmaster. 
so that the Karos could continue to do their thing year after year after year, according well, to his plan. Not not all curses you can lift, though. Like, I don't if think he, he was mad, cared. Yeah, I don't think he did either. Like, I think if he was mad enough to make a permanent curse on this position, then he, like, didn't care about the outcome. He doesn't care about the Karos. He doesn't he care doesn't if they teach him whatever. fuck about the Karos. Like, he yeah. didn't care if they, like, lived or died. He was like, great, you can do this for a year and then figure it out. He's like... That's not what his concern was. Also, that was like his past life when he did that. He probably forgot he did it, to be honest. He didn't care. <laughs> he just was mad one night and cursed the position and then like got that out of his system. <laughs> so we were talking about Quirrell. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we, were <laughs> we were, you're right. But no, it, it's all connected. So it's all good. Um, of course, in the books, uh, Quirrell died by getting burned by Harry's love protection. In the movie, he turns to Ash. Because that's how you die in the, as a dark wizard. He turns to like <laughs> scales ash too. He goes and dies. Love it. We yeah. love that. So the last one on our list is a little. Well, we'll we'll see. So we have we're we're talking about all levels of canon here. So cursed child is coming back. Whoop. Oh yay! I'm so excited. Let's all talk about our favorite canon dark Home witch, Delphine Riddle. Question mark. I don't think she's ever called Riddle, but she is Lord Voldemort's Tom Riddle's child. So um She could be Delphine Lestrange. Riddle. Maybe Lestrange. Um, but she's also called Delphi Diggory. So she was born she in She has too many names. That's the I don't know. <laughs> too many names. <laughs> she was born in nineteen ninety-eight and she is still alive. Um she is an Azkaban. For killing who again? Craig Bauer Jr. Do we know her? <laughs> No, we don't know her. Okay. Like, I... Okay. This is not going to be a Cursed Child Bash podcast again. (laughs) I mean, her her name says you. Okay. Her full name is Delphi Delphini. Ebony, Darkness, Dementia, Ravenway, Riddle. (laughs) (laughs) Riddle, Malfoy, Lestrange, Diggory. That's her full name. That's her given name. Can you that's, imagine her, that's her name. In that's the her great full name. Ball, just eating her Count Chocula cereal with blood in it. Flying <laughs> <laughs> her revenge. If, if, if any of y'all missed out on the um, forever classic My Immortal Harry Potter fan fiction, then now's the time to look that up. <laughs> Why don't we read that for a shot of Butterbeer episode? Done. We should. <laughs> Oh my gosh. If you want us to hear that. Delphine's claim to fame is that she, according to Curse Child Cannon, is the child of Tom Riddle, aka Lord Voldemort, and Bellatrix the Strange, and attempted to use a time turner to rewrite history where Voldemort survived and won the Wizarding War by not trying to kill Harry as a baby. Which, if you prescribe to a linear timeline, would mean that she would not exist because Voldemort would not have made the same choices in life and she could never have gone back in time to change anything because she would never have existed. Do with that what you will. We've already done a podcast on time travel. (laughs) It already broke our brains once. (laughs) That was her plan. If you prescribe to multiple timelines, then yes, she could have gone back and lived through a different timeline where Voldemort did not try to kill Harry and therefore did not get destroyed and therefore was able to continue his reign of terror. And apparently she would have been there at his side as his adult child. Um, I take issue with this on a lot of different levels. One of the big ones is Voldemort did not give one single flip about having a kid and like keeping the air going like he did not care so this feels so unplausible to me that was not his concern at all he thought he was going to live forever 
Yes. He was more concerned about living forever than he was about anything A legacy. He didn't want a legacy. He wanted to be immortal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the thought of him even saying, I should have a kid to, like, prolong this is just not not real. He was a full-on narcissist. So, it's like, he didn't want a kid to, like, take his position. Exactly. Yeah, that's what everyone thought Harry was. Harry thought like that Voldemort went to go kill Harry because um he like Harry was a super dark wizard and Voldemort and like the only way that Voldemort could have lost his powers was because Harry was so powerful. So a bunch of Death Eaters thought that Harry was going to be the next Dark Lord. And that's why Malfoy introduced himself to him. And then he got denied. And then he got shut down. Um, according to Curse Child, um, again, asterisk, she is the last known heir of Slytherin, and she was a parcel tongue. And of course she was. Yeah, of course. She was perfect. Uh, and she never went to Hogwarts. So, um, do we have anything else to say about good old Delphine? No, I hate her. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, what else, what else is about her? Like, what's her deal other than just like being born dark, having cool dark powers, looking super cool and dark? Like, what's like, what's her manifesto? Like, what's her deal? Like, once like she drove me because her dad because who didn't love her, like, what she she gave up. She had the whole duel with Harry. Like, Harry turned himself into Voldemort, which I haven't seen the show, but just the the psychology of that is so freaky to me. Like, why would Harry turn into Voldemort? I just don't understand. I know it was a trick Delphine, but whatever. Basically, they duel, right? And I, like, y'all see the show. Um, And then Harry and Albus fight her and defeat her. And then she's like, okay, I lost. Kill me. I don't want to live anymore. And I'm like, girl, you just went through so much. You, like, did all that time turner stuff. You did all that tricking. And, like, the moment that you get disarmed, you're like, okay, kill me. And they're like, no, we're not going to kill you. And then she's like, okay, well, send me an Azkaban. And they're like, okay. <laughs> okay I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out of the show. Bye. Also, like, you don't get to pick. Like, <laughs> well, if you're not going to kill me, then send me to Azkaban. Like, this isn't your choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not the boss here. Like. Oh, no, no, no. I'm so, She said erase my memory. Isn't that what she said? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. She said erase right. my memory. And then they're like, no, we're not going to do that remember. either. And then they sent her to Azkaban because she killed Craig. Craig? Craig. God, Craig. Who are you? Yo, it's all hilarious to me because it's just like such bad character development. Like, it's just like not. Uh, understand. Yeah. Yes, was it, was it like that when you saw the show? Because that's what it felt like when I read the script book. Do you remember? Uh, Yes, I do remember. I remember her character vividly. I just yeah. remember the whole ending feeling rushed. Feeling very like, rushed. Oh, like, okay, now we're done. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, Harry's like, <laughs> it's so sunny outside. It's, <laughs> it's so beautiful out. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, don't be. And, and then like, I remember <laughs> the, like, blanket thing happening, and I was so mad that, like, they were sending messages from a secret blanket from, like, as <laughs> a kid and then then Delphine's here with her blue ass hair just like yelling about whatever and her dad getting to see her dad and I'm like no like he's not he's not your dad like the, I uh, ugh, ugh. It, it was just yeah. very weird and the character development was not there that's that's an accurate assumption yeah. and like read on it it's just it was she was rough yeah. okay that's okay. what I've gathered but <laughs> it's fine dislike <laughs> oh Delphi. 
That is our list of all of the dark wizards of note. Um, there might be others, and you can write in to wholemybutterbeerpod at gmail.com if you we missed your favorite. Um, no, we didn't go through all, all the Death Eaters, um, Bellatrix and all of that specifically, Lucius and the rest, um, but maybe we'll do a Death Eater episode next Halloween. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so... So we've gone through all of these. So who do who's at the top of our list? Most evil and then favorite if we've got two lists. I mean, I won't say Voldemort as most evil because like he just gets too much credit already and I just don't like it. So I'm going to go with Acristus, uh, who accidentally founded Azkaban um, as the most evil and Melvin's defo, my favorite. To call out for uh, what's her name? Um, what was the girl that's also a Morgan Le Fay? She's, she's getting a, a like MVP. Okay. <laughs> I know mine, e- even though we we all know that it's like boring and whatever. I do think that Voldemort gets classified depending on your criteria. But as far as like most well-rounded in all <laughs> dark arts and dark magic goes, I'm going with Voldemort. But my favorite is is definitely Quirrell because I like that whole idea. And I, I like that in like any media, a story of somebody who's basically like, smart and like Mm. wants to like learn more and starts dabbling and like gets in too deep and then like ultimately hopefully regrets it i don't necessarily think that that quirrell regretted the stuff that he did because he was so like power hungry by the time he was the like host to a parasite but just in just that whole story in general i like that yeah yeah. i would say i i would think that he probably did regret it towards the end because remember when uh, Harry overheard him begging, like, don't make me do it again to go get the unicorn blood. Um, ah, and probably okay. like, probably after the first time he had to like go to the bathroom and Voldemort was like <laughs> back there. I'd be like, Oh, what did I do? What did I do? Why did this I do such this? A bad time. <laughs> he does seem he does like someone who'd be really embarrassed to go to the bathroom anyways. And then like having someone like be there. Are you trying to do your business? I've never thought about Quirrell being shy. Absolutely would be miserable. Poor thing. We've seen a very Potter musical, right? So the way that that was done in that show, that's how it definitely was with them. Like going to bed, you know, Voldemort's in the back of your head. That's, it's not a good time. Get comfy. Yeah. (laughs) That's obviously the least of like having a head coming out of your thing is like not being comfy <laughs> on your pillow but yeah he had to sleep on his side all year he had and... to always sleep on his side <laughs> oh he couldn't toss and turn Haley, what about you um i mean i agree with shelby i think like voldemort pretty well-rounded as like an evil character i mean other than the whole like couldn't get a little boy to to not murder him <laughs> but okay <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, you lost you lost us there, Voldemort. But other than that, he was pretty pretty evil, dude. And just because I've laughed the most about Delphi tonight, I think she's my uh, favorite at the moment. Just because like it's so bad that it's good, you know, like when it reaches that level. So yeah, I kind of like her now after discussing <laughs> it. <laughs> she's kind of I kind of turned. Yeah, yeah I'm she's turned. grown on you. <laughs> I just I think she's endearing now. I am also going to go with, yeah, I think Voldemort does deserve the most evil wizard in history title. Um, yeah, whenever I think about the the Inferior Lake and the number of people he had to kill to fill that lake with bodies, you know, the disregard for his own soul. Um, yeah, he's a pretty evil, twisted dude. 
not very good at coming up with plans. He could definitely be more direct, but um, there you go. <laughs> Um, and I think my favorite is going to be Acrisdis, just because his name is awesome. Araxidian is that's another really good name, but I think Acrisdis just because I I think there's so much room there for just a really cool plot. Finding out all the dark twisty stuff he did that's fascinating to me. So I would love to know more about Acrisdis. So he's going to be my favorite. He gives me like very much mermaid siren vibes. Yes, like luring sailors to their deaths. Yeah, it's I I I don't I don't appreciate the aesthetic, but I find that aesthetic yeah that's that's it's very very interesting to me. I like it. So that's our list. So good. Thank you, Michael. That was amazing. Before we sign off, I want to remind everyone about some important updates for the show. First off, we now have merch. You can go to holdmybutterbeer.com and click on the shop tab to see all of our designs. We have our butterbeer mug icon shirts in every house color, our piss poor witch tombstone shirt and sweater, which I'm wearing right now and is very warm and comfortable, and our iconic bin juice shirt and bomber jackets. Be sure to tag us on social media wearing your merch and all proceeds go to supporting the show. Next, we are now on Anchor. Anchor, and Anchor has two great features we want to share. First, you can go to anchor.fm slash holdmybutterbeer and click the support button to support the show. You can support for as little as 99 cents, and we are so grateful for the support. Last, Anchor also has an amazing feature where you can leave us a message. Go to anchor.fm slash holdmybutterbeer to leave us a message about anything from your thoughts on the show to your favorite pieces of Harry Potter canon that you'd like us to talk about on future episodes. Your message might even get featured on the show so check out anchor.fm slash hold my butterbeer today to find out more so this has been your favorite podcast about all things wizarding world canon hold my butterbeer you can find us on instagram at hold my butterbeer pod and on facebook at hold my butterbeer podcast or email us at hold my butterbeer pod at gmail.com thanks for listening and stay spooky this season <laughs>